When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. I do hope those aren't designer skinny jeans, Keith. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. Coming up on this week's show, the Cobblers prove they aren't a one-man team as they beat Forest Green without the animal. William Ulrich asks about the players on short-term deals and we look ahead to Saturday's trip to Field Mill with help from a Mansfield fan. I'm Chris Hargreaves and it's all cobblers to me. Hello, I'm Charles and I'm delighted to say that the gang's all back together again. Welcome back to the pod, Danny, Neil hey. and Chetty. Hey. hey! Hello! Yeah. How are you everyone? Hi. Super smashing great. Neil, have you got an American accent? Uh, no, I tried. <laughs> I tried putting on an American accent a lot of times while I was in America and got <laughs> widely hammered from my wife. So, <laughs> did anyone mistake you for Michael Harriman while you're out there? No, I did. However, get mistaken for a Mexican again, again, <laughs> second time. Always, always happens to you in America, yep. doesn't it? It was in a shop. <laughs> did someone ask you to build a wall? Um, he could have asked me anything. I don't know. I didn't understand what he was saying. <laughs> Oh dear. Well, it's nice to have you back. And Chessie as well, are you recovered from your illness? Yes, I'm fine, thank you. I wasn't a week ago, but I'm uh, back to normal now. Well, I'm not normal, but, you know, back to myself. Was it the norovirus, was it? Oh God, it was so bad. Yeah, it was. I mean, the less said about it, the better, but it was horrendous. A lot of releases, no doubt. It was so bad. <laughs> it was a bad weekend. Oh, that disappoints me so much. <laughs> I thought I was just sick because I'd seen the dreadful match at Exeter, but it's continued for three days. Yes, well, I, I, hopefully you'll have got that Exeter game out of your system now, Jesse. I'm Nicky Adams and it's all cobblers to me it's all cobblers to me is free to listen to and always will be but it isn't free to produce we are always looking for sponsors uh, so if you do know a local business who may be interested in helping us out then please do let us know our email is itsallcobblers at gmail.com if you aren't a business but still want to support the podcast you can as we're now on Patreon You can sign up to give as much or as little as you want for as long as you want. In return, we'll add your name onto our website in big shiny lights. 
if you want to and you can afford to, please don't take this as a you've, you've got to. You really don't. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Thank you. I'm Chris Freestone and it's all cobblers to me. Mark Cooper's Forest Green Rovers could have turned the tables on the cobblers had they actually been able to finish. As it turns out, all they seem good at, though, is upsetting their manager. But then again, there's nothing better than sending Mark Cooper home unhappy, is there, Neil? Can you give him his official title, Charles, which is Mark Bellend Cooper? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, Neil. (laughs) And he's back. (laughs) (laughs) Making us great again. <laughs> we did get some complaints last week, so uh, we do need to, I saw. to improve. <laughs> so, uh, good content, please, Neil. Uh, well, you've come to the wrong place for that. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Charles, by the way. Yeah, sorry. I, I feel like there's a little bit of retribution that we've handed out on behalf of Justin Edinburgh. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I despise Mark Cooper. He's one of the very few managers that. I don't know, every time I just see his face, it's the sort of face that you want to slap with a, I don't know, a wet kipper. <laughs> what did you do when he played for us? There's a group of them and there's like him and Wesley I'd throw in there. Oh, yeah, welcome I'd, back, Graham welcome Wesley, back, by Graham. the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd put... Uh, My kids don't call me dad, they call me trophy winner. What's his name? The Carl Robinson, I'd put him in there as well. Yeah. Oh, yes. Michael Appleton? Uh, no, I, I, on the under basis that He's not been around enough, I don't think, like, apart from the Oxford spell. I know he's at Lincoln now, isn't he? But Your man, um, what's his face? Steve Evans. Steve Evans, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, he'd, eat, he'd yeah. eat the kipper. <laughs> Keith Curl? Well, that's the no. thing. Well, a year and a bit ago, you might have thrown him in there, funnily enough. I think we definitely would have thrown him in there a year and a half ago, definitely. Yeah, before he became our manager. Well... Maybe about uh, up until maybe six from, months ago. <laughs> maybe from a period of time. We all had him in there a few months ago, didn't we? <laughs> it was nice. Did you see uh, the the video of Mark Cooper's post-match reaction to the Forest Green Rovers website I on did. Twitter? Did you see how Jamie Duncan, our wonderful friend who works for the care, the Community Trust and uh, occasionally works on the media team, nearly knock him out for us with a camera? I didn't. <laughs> No, because I couldn't watch all of that interview because it was really, like I said, I I can't stand the bloke. So I managed about 30 seconds and I had to turn it off. It's really quite funny because Jamie's obviously, I think Jamie's gone to go and get the camera that's behind the goal. You know, when you get to see the goal cam on Twitter afterwards, Mm. I think he's basically gone and picked that up and he's walking back and he has to walk past Mark Cooper who's being interviewed. And I think it's the way where the camera angle is from the guy that's holding it for Forest Green Rovers. <laughs> it makes it look like Jamie's about to basically walk past and, and knock him over the head with the camera that he's carrying. It, it's rather quite funny. And I, I noticed Mark Webber telling the world that that is not what he teaches his students to do at the University of Northampton <laughs> on his course. But I'm sure he would have turned a blind eye. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely to Mark Cooper anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Dave Artel, by the way, is another one. Oh, yeah, get Dave Artell in there as well, yeah. Keeping a list as we go. Well, let's talk about the actual game then. Um, Did any of us go? No. No. Danny? Uh, No, I wasn't this week, Um, despite the bamboo kit. Um, (laughs) Obviously, the bamboo bamboo kit got overshadowed by a certain skinny jean outfit. (laughs) (laughs) So we represented... That was suspect, wasn't it? That was quite suspect, that skinny jean. (laughs) I thought he looked pretty suave. He does this look thing. suave, but it's 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 a strange, strange combination. I mean, whatever floats your boat, but... Two questions. 
Do you think it was a Secret Santa present? And if so, who was it from? <laughs> who was it from? Because <laughs> oh, I'm going oh, yes, uh, and Nicky Adams. Oh no, no, Nicky <laughs> Adams wouldn't. Nicky Adams would be bootcut jeans all the way, <laughs> cowboy boots. Yeah, cowboy. <laughs> I mean, Tom Hoskins is obviously getting him an apple. Neckerchief. (laughs) I I can imagine skinny jeans being from Jordan Turnbull. (laughs) From his own collection. The the turn dog. Yeah, yeah, try these on, Gaffer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a pair of these. (laughs) You look beautiful. (laughs) So a a good turnout then from from podcast folk uh, today. uh... (laughs) We had valid excuses, though. Chessie was dead. No, I wasn't. I was alive by this point, but it was, it, we've had really bad storms because, as I've said to you, our harbour wall is about to fall down. So that's how bad the weather's been here. So I was kind of stuck where I was. I couldn't really go anywhere this weekend. Otherwise, I'd have gone. That's a valid excuse. Danny, you were busy, weren't you? Uh, I was, yeah. And like I said, I, I, I found it hard to go against the bamboo kit, so I just couldn't trust myself. Couldn't and um, to I be, was too yeah. depressed had... on Thursday as well. He <laughs> 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 had a hangover from Thursday. <laughs> Rum-induced hangover. <laughs> I, was, I spent the afternoon at Hullabaloo and Pizza Hut. Oh, my gosh. Are, that's that's are tragic. You, are you telling yeah. me, Neil, that you were literally, what, yards from Sixfield Stadium? I, yeah, I, I literally walked into Pizza Hut just as the second half was kicking off. Other restaurants are available, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah, but if you want pizza, go Pizza Hut. <laughs> Only if they sponsor us. And Charles, what was your excuse? Uh, I live near Manchester and Nick was working. Valid and fair excuse, childcare issues. See, we've got valid excuses. I did, however, listen to the game. Um, Good. Which was um, boring. <laughs> I mean, it was boring <laughs> apart from uh, Steve Phillips on commentary. Oh, don't. I, I don't. I don't enjoy Steve Phillips on commentary. I'm sure he's a nice bloke, but I don't like the way that he keeps interrupting Oglethorpe. And to be honest with you, I never thought I'd say that. Oglethorpe sat there, like, gritting his teeth. You can just... Yeah, part of that is what it feels like it to does. me. It feels like that's what Tim's doing, is that he's going, yes, yes, I know, Steve, but there's action going on that the listeners want to hear about. I, I heard a tiny bit of uh, Steve Phillips, and I did wonder whether he was drunk, because he did... <laughs> It did sound a little bit. I think he's just one of those characters, though, isn't he? I think that's just his his kind of. Oh, that's what we, that's what he's a character. Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of people, did you watch Sport Personality of the Year on Sunday night at all? Yeah, did you see, yes, did you see Dennis it, yeah. Law present? Dennis yeah. Law presenting yes, it. That was actually brilliant. People on Twitter, <laughs> people on Twitter saying, two hundred and nineteen. Yeah, Dennis Law. People, people on Twitter saying, "I think Dennis Law was pissed," and I was sat there going, "No, no, no, he's just old. <laughs> he's, yeah, I was going to say he's just ancient. Bless his heart. It was the way the, the Princess um, Anne sort of told him off. Yeah. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> she was furious, wasn't she? I think we'll find it's two thousand and nineteen now. <laughs> you could tell she was so angry. <laughs> But that's kind of like, how do you get that wrong as well? Like, how is that possible? What, did you get the wrong He's reading it, isn't he? That's why. He's reading it. and He's just missed it out and not noticed. You know, anyway, back to the game that none of us saw. Um, <laughs> let, I think the only thing really that we can talk about is uh, Sam Hoskins and whether or not he scored the goal. Sports person. Danny? <laughs> oh, Malachi of the year. Spotty 2020 goes to Sam Tobias Hoskins. Pretty sure, pretty sure he did win Spotty 1986. Oh, no, no, that's, that's a bit, that's a bit old, isn't it? Was he even alive? Well, I went too far. I went too far. 
He wasn't even live. <laughs> I hope Dodd Cobbler's enjoying this. It was minus seven. <laughs> <laughs> this section's going on a bit, to be fair. <laughs> See his point. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, come on. Right, dubious goal panel. Let's pretend that's us. Do you give the goal to Sam Hoskins or not? Neil? No. Jesse? Isn't the rule, though, that um, you always give the uh, attacking player the the advantage Tell I know the same kind of thing for no. offside as well <laughs> so I would say on that basis was it going in anyway probably not but it was in the right direction <laughs> did he even touch it, it? Which is a stuff. I don't know. I can't tell on the video. I can't I'll tell be honest. No, it's really difficult. It's a really difficult one yeah, to tell. Is... Even from the also really difficult when Danny texts on the WhatsApp group saying that Scott Wharton was claiming it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, is he? Because <laughs> Steve Phillips had a moment. I think. Anyway, the the crooks of it is no one cares. It's a goal. Is is basically. I mean, I don't care who scores our goals as long as we get a goal. It could be the goal. You might think that, Chessie, but let's cross over to Danny, who definitely does care whether it goes to Sam Hoskins or not. Well, this is the new and improved shithouse Sam, isn't it? So a year ago, he would never claim that. He'd just hide away <laughs> and wonder what on going on. This is shithouse Sam's just going to claim that. Definitely has gone. Without question. So that that's really all we can talk about with regards to the game, isn't it? Because none of us were there. Um, well, uh, hold on. It was a lucky 1-0, wasn't it? Yeah, sure. It's good to be winning those games, though, isn't Absolutely. it? You want to... I, I'd rather win those games than, than play well and lose. No, lives. 100%. Mm. I think uh, the important thing about it was that off the back of the really poor performance at Exeter, we needed a good result against Forest Green because we didn't then get that effect of, oh, okay, all right, this is just a team that have been on a good run and now they've fallen apart because that's kind of how I think a lot of people felt straight after the Exeter game. And I think because we've now gone and got that result, I think we've all again just relaxed a little bit and thought, you know what, maybe, you know, we're on to something here. Effectively, if you looked at the two games before they happened and you said, right, we've got Exeter, then we've got Forest Green, you'd have taken three or four points from those two games all right, not in the manner that we wanted to effectively throw away the extra result. But I do think that it's a step in the right direction on the back of what was quite a poor result against Exeter. And I think it just gives us a little bit of stability going into that Christmas period that we really, really needed because it's it's a pivotal time. And I think they're, they're on a good run. They need to sustain it because I think after Exeter, they were in danger of falling into that category of, okay, they've been on a good run, now they're going to fall away. Now you've got that result against Forest Green, they could be then considered into that category that says, do you know, we could push for the playoffs if not automatic. But it could it could swing either way at this point, I think. Do you agree with that, Danny? Yeah, definitely. I think after, uh, after lose, actually you worry if we lose again or don't play well again and draw, the thing starts to turn again. But such a good timing result. And we, you think uh, Carl goes on little streaks, doesn't he? And to start start off with a win again, especially against the team above us and the team in the in the mix with us. And to play like that and to match them and to go and get the points off them, I think is the most important thing. I think if this result happened in April with the teams in the similar league position, we'd be going crazy, wouldn't we? So they will still be up there at the end of the season, I think. So definitely, definitely take take it as it comes because they should probably have got a point, if not three themselves. They had the chances to hit the bar a couple of times. Um, but getting out of the game with the result, we won't look back at the end of the season. We won't, won't care, will we? One of the other things that came out uh, in the, well, in the Chronicle and Echo last week uh, was about this new leadership team that Keith Curl has put in place within the squad. Uh, so it's not just Charlie Good, who is the captain of the team, but he's backed up by Nicky Adams, The Animal, Chris Lines, and, and Joe Martin as well. Um, Danny, you weren't too sure about it, were you? 
No, I wasn't, but it seems to be working, doesn't it? So fair play. I mean, it's safe to say Joe Martin is potentially the odd one out, but who knows what goes on behind those. I don't know, it's not closed doors, is it? Behind <laughs> the fences of dreams. <laughs> the fences of dreams. <laughs> I, don't I don't know where I was going with that. Um, but uh, it's working. I'd say that's the players that you'd pick, isn't it, for that sort of team? It seems to me that Cole was saying they do the thing, the jobs that he can't be bothered to do, and is experienced enough now to 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 be able to do that. And the and it's the, there's the little tweaks like that that you kind of think that relates to a experienced manager. I think so. There was also the article. I think it was in the Sun um, that someone posted on one of the oh, Facebook Charles. groups. Um, out loud. <clears throat> no, I, I, let's just gloss over the fact that it was in that what the shitty down, rag, Charles. but. But what was being said in there was quite interesting, I thought, in terms of the fact that he was saying that he's basically found a club now where he's got staff, not necessarily his staff, but club staff that basically take the pressure off of him. You know, he was saying that... Who said this? This was Keith Curl. So he was basically saying that in the in previous clubs, especially at lower league, when you're the manager of the football club, then you're not just the manager of the, co- of the, of the players. You're also in charge of a lot of other aspects of the football club and running of it. But he said in this article that, you know, there's people like, for instance, James Whiting, the CEO, that take a lot of that sort of stuff away from him so that he can actually just concentrate on the football. And I thought that was actually quite interesting because when you sort of think about how football works, obviously you think about football manager, their job is to actually just, you know, coach the team and to choose the lineup and and, and see you through the match. But Obviously, that's not the case at a lot of football clubs sort of our level. I don't really know. I don't have enough insight into it, I guess. But it potentially is unusual, I guess, at, at lower league clubs. And I imagine they have to do a bit more of everything. But ultimately, it should be. It's, that's how it should be, right? I think it's testament to the club and how well it's run and how professional and how professionally, sorry, um, we develop these these players that are coming through the squad because actually the setup of the whole club seems quite stable at the moment. Um, I know we have, you know, we have a certain section of our fan base that that are insistent that it isn't. But actually, if you consider where we are in the league and you consider the the other teams around us in that league, there's a lot of teams that are less financially stable and and seem to be in a bit of a free fall. And I think actually it works very well. It's a very effective club. I know we haven't had the greatest of success in the last four years, but it looks like it's going in the right direction. And I think the addition of Keith Curl and the way he manages and the way he works with the staff and alongside them, I think is really effective. And I think we have got a very good setup at the moment. So I think it's testament to both him and the club. I do think that we still need to get that stand sorted, regardless of what's actually going on. It does, <laughs> it does annoy me that, it, it's, that it's still one. just there. I mean, look, there are people there that you know obviously have a have an opinion on on the ownership of the football club, and and I'm not going there, but I, I do agree on the basis that come on, let's do something about this stand now. It's doing my nutting. Should we just knock it down and start again? Can I suggest a water park? <laughs> <laughs> I think the point is, Chessie, is that that might cost more money to do than just. I mean, it's an eyesore, though, isn't it? Just do something it really with it. Is. Yeah, there you go. It is important to say when we're winning as well, though, isn't it? Because it's all gone quiet again yeah, now that we're not losing games. It's, yeah. always, it's always linked to when we're losing, it's always the stand comes up. So we do need to keep on it and keep asking the question. I mean, I. Yeah. I yeah, you're absolutely right. And how often have we heard, well, this, things are progressing, things are progressing. I mean, I'm not sure they are. If, if we keep saying it and actually we're not seeing any progression, then they're not, are they? 
Well, yeah, no, you're completely right. I mean, that's it. So, anyway, that's uh, that's that's the East End covered for another week. <laughs> <laughs> Still to come, we're talking Mansfield Town with Stags fan Craig Priest and discussing whether the Cobblers will be heading into the Christmas period with another three points. Yes. Postman. Neil. Postman. Neil. Postman. Neil. His black and white cat. Postbag time, yes. Uh, this week's question comes from William Ulrich, who asks the following question. Did he ask this on the Twitter or via Facebook, email, or did he send a letter? Uh, it was snail mail. It was full-on snail mail, was it? Full-on. His name um, Will Oilrich. Ulrich, isn't it? Ulrich. Oilrich. Ulrich. Oh, no, topical. it's Ulrich, not oil rich. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not America. We, we, had, we, had enough, we, had, we had enough politics on last week's episode, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it went on a bit. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Will Oilrich uh, has asked, will Paul Anderson have his short-term contracts extended with Ryan Watson returning and Sean McWilliams returning from injury? I don't know why he's asking us. We don't make the decisions, but I guess he wants us to discuss it, doesn't he? I think he should do. I think he, I think he should have his contract renewed because... He's um, certainly made a difference in the last, you know, few few weeks, months that we've had him. He's he's made a real impact, and I think he's a firm favourite amongst the fans. And I think a lot of people, including some people on this podcast, Neil, were sceptical about his return. No, I was call well. him out, Jesse. And, uh, call him act- out. Yeah, Thank yeah. Honey, and honey, uh, actually, he's proven his place in the squad and beyond. I mean, he just throws himself at everything, doesn't he? He chases everything. He runs after everything. He's just a breath of fresh air. I am going to call bullshit on that. <laughs> uh, sorry, Chessie. No need to apologise. <laughs> I would give him. I would extend his contract until. I'd give him until the summer. A. I don't think he's long term for us at all. B. I wouldn't describe him as a breath of fresh air at all. I think he's he's exceeded my expectations in respect of he's not looked out of place. But I wouldn't say he's pulled up any trees or anything like that. I think he's fitted into the team and he seems to fit into the the squad. And from what you can tell, he seems to fit be a good, be a good member to, of the squad to have around and stuff. But I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't. He's not someone I'd look at and think he's a must must start. He's good to have in the squad, and he has he's done better than I thought he would do. And, and I was wrong on that one, but. I'd caveat it a little bit that I don't think he's amazing, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense to me. I mean, it's not just Anderson is out of contract, is it, in January? You've also got Neil, he's out of contract, and Egli Kadja. Um, <laughs> oh, God. They, they both... Better start performing. <laughs> it's Michael <laughs> Harriman, by the way. Um, they both signed short-term deals. Is he out of contract? Yeah, they both signed short-term deals when yeah, they arrived both... at the yeah. Cobbers uh, earlier in the season. Plus, also, you've got the news that essentially Billy Waters, I mean, we kind of knew this anyway, didn't we? But Billy Waters is free to leave in January if there is an offer that comes in that suits the club and the player equally, whether that be permanently on loan. Um, I did see an advert on the TV for X Factor auditions again. (laughs) So one for Billy to consider. I tell you what, I I wouldn't put it past Forrest Green coming in for him. Is he a vegan? Because he spent a lot of time at um, Cheltenham and he's a West Country lad, isn't he? I think so. I think someone like Forrest Green, Cheltenham, Swindon, make him knock him. Imagine if Swindon um, sent Owen Doyle back and got Billy Waters. <laughs> Unlucky Swindon, your promotion race is over. <laughs> He's no great loss, is he? I don't think. Bless him. He seems a nice guy. Uh, and he certainly he was born in Surrey, by the way. So that's kind of West Country. Uh, was he? 
No, it's not. But he spent a lot of time in the West Country. I think. I think he was at Cheltenham for quite a long time. But that's who he? we bought him from. But I mean, I, I think that. Yeah. I think that he came to us with with too higher expectations, really, on him. He'd come having been a goal scorer for Cheltenham, hadn't he, in the in their their conference winning uh, season, um, and then he continued it back at the net. Continued it with a, a few more goals in in their League Two campaign, and then we buy buy him or. It was just in Edinburgh, wasn't it, that signed him? And, and maybe he came with that sort of thing of, oh, he's scored goals. But we all know what happens when the Cobblers sign players that have scored goals previously. They stop. Yeah, Leon Lobjoit was another one that came in during that era, wasn't it? And it didn't work out at To all, be fair, he it? came in from non-league. I, I'd rather, you know, I'd, yeah. I'd probably put Lobjoit and Warburton in the same sort of expectation bracket. You know, they've come in, they came in from non-league. Mm. Whereas with Billy came in having scored goals at League Two level, I, I think you know the, the expectation was that he would do that for us, but it hasn't happened mm. for him, has it? No, not at all. Never really played down the middle though, has he? There's, for an extended time, whereas he were, he was playing there for the other for Cheltenham. Yeah, you're right. That is true. He's um, always kind of been on the wing or coming off the bench. Hasn't he? He's never really had a long run in the team down the middle off. Well, it, which would probably work like off a off a Bayo wasn't off a big man, wouldn't he? Well, uh, you are you say that, and I think to, you know had <laughs> had had he had enough time, you know, under Justin Edinburgh, that might have been what had happened. But obviously, the way that you know the rate at which we change managers uh, obviously just hasn't worked in his favour whatsoever. You know, one manager brings him in, and within a few weeks, really, um, that manager's gone again. And of course, then you're looking at well, here's a new manager that's come in he'll want his own players and and Billy just clearly didn't fall into that category under Hasselbank um and and to be fair he didn't really do it for Dean Austin and and obviously now not Curl either so mm-hmm. I think hindsight is is a, is a great thing as we all know and I think had Rob Page not come in and destroyed the 2016 squad and Justin Edinburgh taken over straight off from Wilder I think would have been a very different situation and possibly if he'd have, if Billy Waters had come in then we'd have looked at a very different player and we'd seen we would have seen a very different player but as you say we we you know we can't look like that we have to just look at what we've got in front of us and you know we're paying out wages for a person that's not really getting in the team so therefore he needs to yeah, bollocks to it he's not good enough get rid of him we don't miss <laughs> him he doesn't even get in the squad half the time nah Get rid of him. Good point um, on the wages, though, because he must still be on the quite high no, wages. He'll be on League yeah. One wages, yeah. won't one of, the, one of the one, yeah, one of the last ones I would think that is on Bayash is on that kind of wage. What about um, your favourite, Danny? Egg, egg, egg. Would you keep him? Have we seen enough of him to make a decision? Um, <laughs> um, I've seen one bit of trickery from him. Was it enough? Uh, little Jim to keep him. Uh, I mean, usually I'd say yes, uh, but. <laughs> In a in a season when we're going for promotion, then probably not. No, he did say on Twitter that he, he'd been injured, which is why he, potentially why he's not been in the squad. Um, Scrambled egg. Th- there's a possibility that you know he might start to feature again. He was on the bench, wasn't he, quite recently? What do you mean, start to feature again? Was well, he featuring? He, he, he was, on, on, he was on the bench, wasn't he, for a few games in a row? That's featuring. Uh, well, yeah, there you go. Ex- Exeter. Like go, ten minutes. Exeter. That's featuring. Yeah, but uh, that's that's not really, you know, you can't justify it because we, we were 2 0 up and then we proceeded <laughs> to lose 3 2. What about me? Am I going to get an extra contract, you think, or am I out? I think you're out, Neil. I'll be honest. He had a good, he um, played on Saturday, he didn't, didn't he? Um, nearly scored a header again. 
Yeah, I have to say, though, when that team sheet came out and he was on there, I was like, oh, God, in the nicest possible way, because I thought that's not a strong team. But I was proven wrong. I was proven wrong. And I have to say, you know, I was proven wrong. He he played well by all accounts. So, I, you know. The big thing about that team sheet was just the fact that Alan McCormack was missing. That's why most of us were like, well, we're not, this is dangerous. <laughs> I, that that was my exact words, wasn't it? I, I messaged all of you and I said, this is a dangerous team. <laughs> Well, Cole said, didn't he, that um, Alan, Alan wasn't too happy I'm with not it. surprised, but was, it, was he imagine. fit? He's fit. Yeah, he said, um, apparently he declared himself fit, um, Cole said. And he said, you can you can imagine what his reaction was when he said, when I said he wasn't playing and he was being rested. He said, oh, at least put me on the bench. But Cole didn't do that. So he is, I think he did declare, he declared himself fit. I can but... quite imagine uh, Alan <laughs> declaring himself fit if he's got a broken leg. I'll be fine, I'll be fine. Still, I, still I want bed. to be a fly on the wall when when Keith Kell tells him he's not in the squad because that is literally worth its weight in gold. I think. I think I'd keep coming soon to Amazon. Prime. I think I'd keep Michael Harriman. By the way, I think Harriman's all right. No, you, you're just saying that you look like him. I think he's 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 probably the best looking guy in the team. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> 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 the one thing I've got a big female family. Um, you know, <laughs> before I make a decision, I'd like to spend a weekend with him in Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think he's he's solid. I think there's more to come from him as well. I think you've got to remember he's not really had a preseason, has he? But, um, I think he. So I was going to say also his position helps him, doesn't he? That he's probably like the out and out right yeah. back. That yeah, I think he's worth keeping. If we want to play a couple of different formations, he can come in and do that. And yeah, yeah, I think he's worth keeping. Yeah, okay, fair enough. In that instance, I suppose if you do think about it as going well you've either got Reese Hall Johnson or Michael Harriman who are you going to have then yeah you give them at least till the end of the season don't you uh, if you do have any questions for us to talk about loosely uh, on, <laughs> on on the podcast uh, send us an email uh, it's all cobblers at gmail.com drop us a message on the Twitter or Facebook where you'll find us searching at cobblers to me I'm Alan Neil and it's all cobblers to me the Cobblers' next League Two encounter is away to 18th placed Mansfield Town. The pre-season favourites have failed to live up to their expectations and after a one-all draw with Crew on Saturday, they sacked their manager, John Dempster. Here's Stags fan Craig Priest to tell us more. So welcome back to Cobblers to me, Craig. It's good to have you here, mate. How have you been? Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it's been uh, an interesting couple of months since we uh, last spoke. Obviously, the last 24 hours or so, uh, as we speak on the Sunday, are a little bit... Uh, Hectic, obviously, losing the manager and everything. I think last time we spoke was uh, towards the back end of our season where Mansfield were expecting to clinch promotion and, and finish off where we were. We were in, as memory serves me, we were in quite a good position uh, last time with uh, David Flickcroft at the helm and looking likely we'd get automatic promotion. But uh, for one reason or another, then uh, Mansfield sort of slipped up a little bit and ended up still being in the same league and... The expectation this year was to go and do the same, but for, for one reason or another, it just hasn't worked for, for John Dempster, hence why he's out of a job. And come Saturday at three o'clock, we could have a, a brand new manager in the dugout, which is always an interesting time as a football fan. Certainly is. Uh, I mean, I, I was going to ask, let's start with what's happened. So one all draw with crew on Saturday, and then pretty much straight away afterwards, John Dempster gets relieved of his duties. Um, well, what is your take on that? Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting one. To be fair, um, I've always, whenever I've spoken on various podcasts this season, I've always been asked the same question about John Dempster. I always use the comparison of it's like somebody going from teaching nursery school kids to having to teach a bunch of sixth formers. The the vast 
difference between academy coaching and first team management is so different and I think he's really struggled to get the team motivated had you asked me that question in August I would have probably said there was a hangover from last season and whilst that was true to an extent we're obviously now in December and nothing has seemed to change in terms of the the players' mentality, the players' mindset and the way they've conducted themselves on the pitch this season. I just think it's one of those where he's an inexperienced manager who's got a lot of experienced heads in the dressing room and uh, players who are probably should be playing at a level above. And for one reason or another, his tactics or uh, the things he's tried hasn't quite paid off. And whilst he, the, the board have tried to be as patient as they possibly can be with him, the results have been suffering. And no matter what he's, he's tried, it, it just hasn't worked. And I honestly thought that he would have been uh, probably relieved of his duties after we were beaten at 3-0 last weekend at, at home to, at, to Cheltenham. Uh, but it came after the 1-1 draw, as you say, at, at Crewe. And I, I think from 99% of Mansfield Town supporters' perspectives, it's one of those which were, it wasn't a matter of it's going to happen, it was a matter of when it's going to happen and it just so happens uh, uh, that it's now unfortunately the selection of our supporters who will only remember him as a, as a manager and he's failed managerial career but as a servant to the club as he leaves and he departs I wish him all the best because he's been a fantastic player, a fantastic captain and has done wonders for the academy but unfortunately football, senior football is a results based business. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, what what have you made of the actual performances this season under Dempster? Has it been that bad for you? It's been very disappointing, very below par. I think our problem this season in particular is that we have got a certain expectation attached to us and that expectation is top three minimum. And, you know, the club themselves have not been backwards and coming forwards with that. They've said it uh, a lot of the time. Um, I remember when Lee Glover, the uh, outgoing assistant manager, I presume, uh, nothing's been said about him yet, which is why I say I presume, uh, he was interview- interviewed and, uh, and asked about uh, the pressures and he basically came out and said, if we're not top three, we won't be in a job this time next year. And uh, that's that's been proved. Uh, our mantra from last year, obviously slipping up on the last day of the season at MK Dons and then losing the playoffs, cost David Flickcroft his job. Um, his target was promotion John Dempster's target was exactly the same and to get 22 points from 21 games um, that's not promotion form it's actually relegation form and to, to stay at the minute with what seven points off the relegation zone is not where we need to be as a club not where the board would have wanted John Dempster to be and ultimately he's, he's paid the price for that as a supporter you asked me about the, the performances they've been nowhere near good enough um, the efforts and endeavours of the players haven't been there on a consistent enough basis. Uh, we've seen glimpses of it, but a glimpse isn't enough. You have to be consistent over 90 minutes and over uh, a set amount of fixtures. And Mansfield Town haven't haven't been that. And it, to be honest, it's been probably the the, the worst football we've, we've seen for for many a years. Probably going back to 10, 11 years or so since we actually dropped out of the football league. So change was very much needed. Going back to last season, David Flickcroft, as you say, yeah, he, he was sacked after you basically failed to get promotion through the playoffs. Do you think maybe in hindsight that that was a the wrong decision, and and also do you think maybe that your expectations as a, as a club are maybe just a bit too high? I'll talk about 
like the first part of that first, obviously, uh, the decision process. If you look at it in isolation, I think any manager who doesn't, or any person who doesn't meet their targets in a generic nine to five job would be pulled in and asked questions of at some point. From a supporter's perspective, uh, I feel we were playing the best football we had done in, in years. We've got potential out of certain players who who you know could have been then sellable assets for the club, which is all important at our level. Um, but the ultimate thing is, we hit a point in the season where we could all see it landsliding and going wrong, and we knew the eventual outcome would be that we wouldn't get promotion, and that in itself is a failure. Um, the question is, is whether we failed the season before. Obviously, Steve Evans departed for uh, Peterborough via China, uh, as was alleged. Uh, with 12 games to go, David Flitcroft came in, and at that point we were in the playoffs, and you know, looking like we were going to be contenders for promotion. It felt straight out of that. We only actually got one win in those 12 games, which was a win over Chesterfield, so it's not all bad. Um, but a lot of supporters uh, put the blame to that on David Flitcroft. So, from a cynical point of view, um, David Flitcroft had two failed attempts at promotion. My personal preference is that he only had one the full season he, he was in charge with his players. I would have personally liked to have um, seen him get until Christmas to sort of reshape, rebuild and see where he could take it and then sort of evaluate it at this time. Um, so uh, for me, it was, it was, in hindsight, probably the, the wrong decision. If he was going to be re- replaced, which, which he was, the process of replacing him that was the, the one for me because he's an experienced coach, an experienced promotion-winning manager. He had promotions on his CV. He was then replaced by John Dempster, who was unproven in senior first-team management. But John Dempster, as a club man, as somebody to try and take the club as a whole forward, incorporating the academy in that, was the right man. He, as I mentioned before, great player, great captain. He transformed the academy, built it up from nothing to get the youth team something like three wins in four seasons, league wins that is, which is a fantastic record. And it was the it was he deserved his opportunity, but I, I perhaps question whether it, whether it was the the right time for him for him to take to take the job on. Okay, well that that all sounds fair enough, I think, to be honest with you. So. What about the future then? There's there's been a lot of talk over the last forty eight hours about Bristol Rovers' Graham Coughlin. Yeah, I, I find that interesting to be honest. I mean, the Radfords are, are fantastic for, for Mansfield Town Football Club. They do not make decisions lightly. And whenever we have changed managers in the past, we've always had somebody seemingly lined up to take over before the uh, before the manager in, in post is removed. Um, I think. This time around, I personally would perhaps like to see us have a little bit of a transition period and go and recruit because I can think of three or four managers off the top of my head right now who are actually, you know, prime candidates to take the job without actually paying compensation for anybody. Paul Fisdale is the prime example of that, obviously, uh, done over by MK Dons. I'm not, not being given time to sort of send the ship in League One there. Fantastic servant at Exeter. I would love to see him come in because this is the type of club for him to, uh, to take forward. Nathan Jones, another uh, a man who's mentioned. Coughlin, for me, at Bristol Rovers, I know he's come out and said impressed. I watched his post-match interview this morning, actually, and reading between the lines of that, there's a, certainly a decision on the table for him uh, to make, but whether that's from Mansfield Town or from another club uh, in another similar position, 
uh, yet remains to be seen. We all know how far speculation can get you, but my concern with the Cochrane would be, again, we've just sacked an unproven manager for not getting the results. Cochrane, yes, has done a great job at Bristol Rovers, but he was first-team coach there working with the first-team players on a regular basis under the previous manager. So that work had already already been established. He would then be coming into a, a new club, new players, uh, new facilities and all of that to get used to whilst having the pressure of turning us from a relegation fodder into a playoff-chasing, top-three-chasing side. And for me, um, he would be an unproven appointment over somebody like Tisdale, who has obviously got promotions on his CV and years and years and years of managerial experience getting clubs out of the situation we find ourselves in. It would be a risk. Uh, he seems like a good, young, enthusiastic manager, so we'd back him anyway. But for me, I'm not sure whether now, similarly to the summer when we replaced uh, David Flickcroft with John Dempster, I'm not sure whether now is the right, appropriate time take a risk of that standing. What Mansfield need now is stable leadership to get us onto the right path to achieve those expectations which are so clearly outlined from uh, from the very top of the club. Okay, well let's talk about the game then this Saturday at Field Mill. What what are you thinking? Are you thinking that you'll get that kind of I know you've not necessarily got a new manager in place as we speak at the moment, but if you do or not, do you think there might be an element of that new manager bounce that goes along? There has to be. Um, there really has to be. Mansfield fans are not backwards in coming forwards and making their feelings heard and to be honest. Uh, some of the comments and some of the atmosphere over the games so far at home this season has been absolutely toxic. It's been um, really horrible to to sit through and to, and to watch unfold. And I think that new manager uh, syndrome and that new manager bounce effect will come in. There'll be a bit more of a positive atmosphere. Obviously, Northampton, led by a former Mansfield manager himself in Keith Curl, who uh, is doing great things this season, I'm sure will be up there at the end of the season as well. I think it'll be a difficult game, but Manchester will have that fresh edge. The players will want to prove themselves. Uh, if Jamie Maguire, who's currently, as we speak, in caretaker charge, if he's in the dugout, he's a fan's favourite, he'll want to prove himself. And I, I don't think he'll have an eye on the job, but he'll certainly want to, to do well for the club. He's that sort of passionate guy. Um, if it's a new manager, they'll want to get off to a good start because they'll know the pressure which is associated to this job. So I think that makes it a very, very difficult afternoon uh, for Northampton, then I think that's just going to add to the spice of the game. Who are your outstanding players this season, do you think, Craig? Is there anyone in particular that us Cobblers fans should be worried about coming up against? This season, I think that's a very, very hard question to answer because the reason we find ourselves in, in that predicament, we can talk all, our, all we want about tactics and formations and things like that, but at the end of the day, it's those players who have to stand up and be counted. There are certain players in our squad who have got the, the ability to, to really shine. Uh, we saw CJ Hamilton last season really coming to his own. We've obviously got Nicky Maynard, who was top scorer for Bury last season, not quite hit the rub of the green this year. He'll want to prove himself. Uh, Danny Rose, if he gets the opportunity, will want to prove himself and get back on the goal-scoring trail. Uh, but for me, uh, one of the youngsters, I would, uh, one of the people I'll be looking out for if he plays, if uh, if he selected his, uh, the young right back James Clark, we've uh, got him, we got him in in the summer for the under 23s, but due to injuries and suspensions and what have you, he's uh, got his chance of late. And he's a really good young right back who's, who's uh, 
with the right partner on the uh, on the right hand side can be a real attacking force. So I'd certainly keep uh, half an eye on him uh, and Otis Khan. But again, it's a question of uh, uh, with a new manager or with a caretaker manager, with a potential manager watching from the stands. It's uh, a squad. It's uh, a question of watch out for the whole of Mansfield Town because they have points to prove. Well, last season's fixture saw the end of Dean Austin's reign as Cobbler's manager. Uh, you thrashed us quite convincingly 4-0. What's your prediction this time around, Craig? I don't think it'll be 4-0. It'd be, it'd be very nice to see Mansfield play, win 4-0, but I don't think we've got that in us at the moment. Um, having a shot on target would be uh, quite a good thing. Prior to Saturday's game, we hadn't scored in over 270 minutes of uh, league football, so... Uh, Four would be stretching it a little bit, but uh, Northampton are a good side. I think uh, Keith Curl has, has got you well drilled. Paul Anderson have, uh, will be wanting to, to prove a point to the Mansfield faithful uh, after leaving in sort of iffy circumstances uh, uh, last summer and, and last January. He'll be wanting to, uh, to prove a point. Uh, Keith Curl plays uh, good football. He, again, coming back to his previous side, he wants to, to prove a point. It'll be a difficult contest for us, but. Like I said, with the new manager effect or the potential new manager effect, we'll have a point to prove. So we'll be wanting to go and play on the front foot and I think it'll be uh, an entertaining game. And I'll edge my bets and I'll say that Mansfield will, will steal it 2-1. Thanks to Craig Priest for filling us in on the latest happenings in Mansfield. But what about the stuff he didn't tell us? Neil, welcome back. It's over to you. Tell us all about Mansfield Town, mate. Haha, <laughs> Mansfield. Now... I've got some good stuff on Mansfield. Uh, Mansfield obviously famously play in Chesterfield, next to the Crooked Spire. Did you know that Mansfield has been called numerous things? Uh, waste yes. of space, dump, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yep. some people call it the arsehole of England. <laughs> By some people, you mean you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Is that Dean Austin? <laughs> that was Dean Austin. <laughs> well, that's why I everyone to show me. <laughs> if you Google facts about Mansfield, one of the stories that comes up is from September 2003, Mansfield, slag heap or shopping heaven? <laughs> is the other one daylight robbery in uh, 2004? <laughs> I've got a block on any stories related to that on my laptop, so I don't know, Jesse. <laughs> Uh, and it, that, that story is uh, Mansfield, Mansfield District Council reacted angrily to the town being tarnished as the worst in the country. That's a little bit of savage, isn't it? I mean, have you been there? I don't particularly want to. It's, it, it is probably one of the worst places in the country. Really? Is it that bad? My parents have got a house in Mansfield. Is it that bad? Should I just be telling them oh, to sell it? Instant, instantly feel bad. <laughs> it's fine. They've never lived there. They just rent it out. I'm sure it's Mansfield. Let me text them and find out. Bear with. We're going to need to find that out. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Dawn? Yeah, she's coming. Right, I've got an important question for you. Can you hear her? Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Complete. Ask her what she thinks of Mansfield. What do you think of Mansfield? It's a dump. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing. <laughs> Be careful, because you're... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so now we've 
terrified that Dawn does think that Mansfield is dumb and we indeed do have a house there. I'm Chris Hargreaves and it's all cobblers to me. I've got some more facts. You'll be pleased to know that 20% of its working age population seek key out-of-work benefits. One in five. But actually, in response to Slag Heap or Shopping Heaven kind of article, the council came up with 10 reasons why Mansfield is great. Right. <laughs> How many of those do you want? Did they manage to fill 10? Oh, you've changed the tune, haven't you, Jesse? <laughs> 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 your mum now agrees with us. <laughs> Bless her. It's debatable, but their their first I mean, I'm one. Guessing, guessing number four is Derek Asamoah. But no, but number four does include a mention of the football stadium. <laughs> so well, let's have that one. Uh, around sixty million pounds has been invested in the Titchfield area of Mansfield, including two new retail parks, the redeveloped football stadium, and the revamped Titchfield Park. Water Meadows Swimming Complex is the best wet leisure facility of its type in Nottinghamshire. <laughs> Genuinely, oh, I've swam there. It's amazing. This is why we need a water park at Sixfields. Absolutely. They've got one in Coventry, haven't they, now? So they do. we're falling behind. Well, they haven't got their own ground, have they? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we're one step ahead. <laughs> did they just out of interest, did they just melt the ice rink? Yes. That's, yeah. <laughs> literally, that's what they did. Uh, I'll give you the final fact from the 10. Most of them are very boring. Uh, this one's no different. Mansfield Town Centre is rated in the top 100 shopping destinations in the UK. Top 100? Yes. One place <laughs> I mean, above. Don't, don't say the Grove the Centre. <laughs> No, I don't mean the Grove Centre. It's not going to be in there, Peacock. is it? <laughs> Peacock Place? One place above you. This is going to stun you. One place above London's renowned Covent Garden. Is no. Actually, no <laughs> way. Yeah. How can a slag heap be better than Covent Garden? Uh, I don't... I, 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 I mean, maybe these people haven't been to Covent Garden. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the thing that is the key. There's some good comments on there. Uh, from, there is from people uh, someone has said I spent three hours in Mansfield I still have nightmares about this truly gruesome place <laughs> thanks Dawn if you manage to get out of it it's admittedly depressing concrete centre it only gets worse it was probably not too bad once the countryside around it is okay but the town is dominated mentally and <laughs> dominated mentally and physically by the enormous slag heaps Mentally and physically. Mentally and physically. <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's really? quite quite a uh, quite a statement there. Quite a list of reasons not to go. I think I've got one more before Danny moves on to his thing. Despite many unfilled promises by the town's mayor, the lack of a, cent- a central leisure centre is seen as a major contributing factor to the proportion of clinically obese residents in the town. There is a bit of a contradictory here. This is Wikipedia, so you take it with a pinch of salt. Um, Oh, one thing I've just noticed also, Mansfield is home to the Mansfield Roller Derby, uh, which is Mansfield's premier flat track roller derby league. But yeah, so the, the mayor apparently is not doing a very good job in Mansfield and has promised a lot and delivered very little. Is very it David much, Cardoza? Very much like <laughs> Sir David of Cardoza. Uh, and the lack of a central leisure centre is seen as a contributing factor to the proportion of clinically obese residents in the town. Uh, over 15 percentage points above the national average. Wow. Do you know um, who the former mayor was? I could find out for you if you want. It's uh, up to 2015. It was Tony Eggington. One last time. <laughs> one thing I will say for before we move on to you, big news in back in 2010 for Mansfield, where they had the first ever big name act to visit the town. Oh. Any guesses who it was? Shawaddy Waddy. <laughs> that's a big shout, that's... I would say bigger. Was it Bruce Forsyth? God rest his soul, no. Dale Winton. God rest his soul, no. 
You're just reeling off dead mates. David Bowie. <laughs> George God Michael. Rest soul, no. God rest his soul, no. It was Westlife. <laughs> Westlife. I was waiting for that. <laughs> it was Westlife. Yeah, Westlife. And they their their live concert was at Field Mill. Wow. Oh, man. oh my god. I can't think of any worse combination than that. <laughs> I mean Danny, oh. hit us. Come on, Danny. Oh, and be quick right, about famous it. people. <laughs> All right, I will just run them down. Uh, Rebecca Adlington. Uh, she is a brilliant. We love Rebecca Adlington. Huge old nose. Uh, John Balance. Who? John Balance used to be a singer with the band Coil. The gymnast. <laughs> uh, Alvin Stardust. Oh, yeah. Olive, uh, Oliver Wilson, the golfer. Neil, you might know him. Oliver Wilson. I've heard of him. Yeah. Uh, the Cantamus Girls Choir, twice World Choir Olympic wow. champions. Olympics? Uh, yeah. Uh, really? Pollyanna Pollyanna Woodward who? who's uh, worked in TV former co-host of the Gadget Show on Channel 5 uh, no me neither and uh, Forrest Green won't like this uh, Richard Bacon hey. I saw the Richard Bacon one and it said <laughs> the line I saw about it was one time coke sniffing blue Peter <laughs> Pad boy Richard Bacon <laughs> let's turn our attention to the match itself shall we please <laughs> <laughs> this is about football isn't it uh, we faced Mansfield 75 times uh, folks and some of those have obviously been fairly memorable of those 75 the Cobblers have won 24 of them drawn 14 and lost the other 37 which isn't really the best of records is it Jesse? No, we have technically only um, lost 36, though, because the 37th doesn't count for obvious reasons. Um, no, but they seem to be one of those teams that we hate going to and all of us hate going there and normally has got upset written all over it, hasn't it? I'd say so. D- Danny, the start of the season, they were, you know, rightly, I would say, pre-season favourites, or at least in the group of pre-season favourites for promotion, but 18th. What, what have you made of their season so far? Well, they haven't... <sighs> I don't know. I haven't been watching it too closely, but they, they always seem to be up there for financial reasons, don't they? They always seem to have a bit of money to spend. And they've had Steve Evans, they've had, um, who was who's the manager last season? Gary Flickroft, David Flickroft. He missed out Flickroft, yeah, that's exactly. it. Yeah, and he, he, it was a bit, yeah, I thought it was a bit harsh to attack him, but John Dempster came in, didn't do a very good job. They're, what, 18th now? And they're, weirdly, Graham Coffin might join them from the top of League One, which is a really odd one. Uh, from Bristol Rovers may be in place by the weekend, which we hope not. I mean, you said, didn't you, on the WhatsApp that that would be even more strange than when Chris Wilder left Oxford to come to us. Yeah, it's just an odd one. It's something to do with he thinks he can't take them much further, which is probably true with Bristol Rovers, but I think he's talking more financially as what he's got as a backing. And you would imagine that Mansfield, at some point you've got to think that Mansfield's money's got to run out or that something's going to happen to him that... They can't just keep splashing the cash on things because look what happened to Berry, look what's happened to Macclesfield and Bolton and stuff. They can't just keep throwing money at it. Eventually, it's going to hit them, surely. I'm also I'm also quite sceptical about about this Bristol Rovers manager going going down to Mansfield or going up to Mansfield from Bristol um, because Bristol Rovers actually have got a, a quite a, an extensive backing from Thai owners and they have this grand plan to to move stadiums and the only thing that's holding them back is the fact that Sainsbury's have bought the land that they should be building their new stadium on. Um, they've got a, a bucket load of money. So other than the fact that he maybe doesn't believe that they can go any further, they've got bucket loads of money, but supposedly. So I don't 
see the benefit of him going down to Mansfield. I don't know what it's going to do and what it entails, but there's obviously something that, that draws him there. Whether he goes, I don't know. The thing that I find interesting about what you've just said there, Chessie, is that I, I was led to believe that the three major sporting clubs in Bristol were in some sort of joint partnership, um, some sort of sporting club, I, I was told, and that's the model that, that, club, that our trust, the supporters trust, are, are modelling our own ideas or their own ideas on a, having a one-town sporting club for Northampton with, with oh, us. Are, the are they suggesting that Bristol City and Bristol Rovers are linked? Because... Apparently so well, for things like that, marketing and stuff. Apparently so. I, I, that's news to I me. Admit, I might be wrong. Let me Google it. Well, no, well, I've Googled it already, Chessie. Don't you worry about <laughs> it. I've already Googled it and it comes up with nothing. Yeah, I think that's a little bit interesting because uh, living in the West Country, as I do, uh, I'm quite qualified to say that Bristol Rovers and Bristol City hate each other. Exactly. So uh, I, I doubt that that is actually happened. It may be, but knowing... The people of, of the West Country well, I doubt I doubt it. I'm Chris I'm, Wilder, and it's all cobblers to me. Well, let's go back to this game against Mansfield then on Saturday before we get carried away and get accused of some sort of bias against certain factions of the sport. What are we thinking about this Saturday's game? Are we... Uh, are we worried about facing Mansfield away at Phil Mill? Obviously, don't, don't forget last season's game was the end of Dean Austin with a 4-0 defeat. And the quick start of Keith Curl as well. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just happened to be walking along the corridors of Field Millwall <laughs> after the game. What do you think, Neil? What What are you thinking about the game? Well, it's difficult, isn't it? Because of the managerial stuff that they've got going on there, it becomes very difficult to predict. Whereas if they still had kept Dempster in charge, I'd have been very confident of a victory. But I think I'd take a point. I kind of agree with Neil on that because um, it's one of those those stupid games where they're right at the bottom, they're scrambling and they're they're desperate and they're desperate to to show a new manager if that is the case, a new manager what what they're capable of, and it's one of those games that can that can kind of just just run away with you. Um, and I would I'd be grateful for a point, I, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be cross if they just come away with a point. Are you sure? Because you were very cross after Exeter. Did you go to Exeter? Did you <laughs> witness what I witnessed? No, but me and Danny listened to a very entertaining game on BBC oh, Radio Northampton. It was shocking. Danny, come on. What do you think about this Saturday then? Oh, I think we're going to see. We're going to learn a lot about this this Saturday. Uh, probably a little bit more even than we when we play against the top teams. Probably a good sign of where we're at. Um, so I don't see any reason why we can't go and win. I won't be too disheartened by a draw if we play the right way, but you know Mansfield might still be in that place. So there's, there's got to be something about their players that's not making them perform, isn't there? It's the same as us this time last year, or whenever it was. I was just looking at a squad, actually. Sorry, Danny, on that point. I was, I was just no, having... you carry on. I like a good squad. We do love a squad, don't we? I was just having a look, just for my own personal interest, and just wondering who they've got in their squad. And actually, they do look a little bit like they've got they've sort of loathe to say it I guess but signed players almost by name more than having a team if that makes so they've got Nicky Maynard mm. who must be about yeah. 83 yeah. yeah they've got um, Craig Davis as well it's no, uh, yeah. not really been the same since um, he had a good spell at Wolves that? was it and then yeah yeah I mean it's not been the same since seven days really has he <laughs> but done well for himself Andy Cook um, Andy he's pretty Cook, old Andy Cook yeah Alex McDonald. Yeah. Andy Cook was scoring quite a lot of goals for um, was it Tramway when they yeah. came up. Yeah, um, Neil Bishop, he's pretty old in, in midfield. Otis Khan is quite a decent little player as well. I, just, I, just look, I mean, just looking at their squad, I, mean, I could be completely wrong, but it look, looks like a 
doesn't look like a team of players, if that makes sense. It looks sense. like it's just thrown together, doesn't it? Yeah, a bit cobbled together. Oh, these these guys have these guys have had good careers. We'll get, a bit like Rob get some of them in. Mm. Yeah. The interesting thing that Cray Pree said before was that Danny Rose, who obviously I think he scored twice against us last season at Field Mill, he's not been firing at all this season. Nicky Maynard was am I right in saying he was the top goal scorer last year? I mean he was definitely up there for Berry. I mean, so much so that I think I think it was Nicky Maynard. When they signed him, they did one of these Twitter videos where um uh is it is it Caroline Redford, their their CEO, went and actually picked him up from the yeah. airport. Do you remember that video? How it embarrassing was terrible. Was that? Yeah. Well, wasn't it a play on one of the Premier League clubs did the same thing? Yeah. But for some, uh, someone that was actually good. Um <laughs> You're signing Nicky Maynard. <laughs> I mean <laughs> like he's thirty three and yeah he scored 20, 21 goals for Barry last yeah. year, I think. But I, 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 he's got seven this year, hasn't he? Him and Danny Rose both got seven. Yeah, this year. I, I don't. Yeah. yeah, Nicky Maynard. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get some predictions then. We'll start with you, Chessie. I'd take one-one at the weekend, and I wouldn't be disappointed at all. Goal scorer, uh, Harry Smith, right at the end. Ooh. Oh. from a corner that they can't deal with. I'd love to be proven wrong as well. I'd love for us to go and slaughter them, but I would take a point. I really would. At this point, I would take a point. Danny, what's your prediction? Uh, I think this is going to be Keith Carl's redemption for knocking us out of them playoffs um, and redemption for Dean Austin. We're going to go full circle since Dean Austin's famous rant and we're going to win 3-0. Could I just cut in and say that there will be no redemption because it can't be redeemed because it was too too terrible? It was it was weird though, wasn't it? That game it was terrible, but it was pretty heroic and memorable. And I remember coming away thinking that feeling pride rather than annoyance, if that makes sense. It's one of them. That's, new, that's another podcast. Um, it certainly is. Three nil, Charles. Goal scorers, Danny. All from corners, obviously, because we're the corner kings <laughs> at the moment. Indeed, like Burger Kings, but just in corners. <laughs> just in corners sounds like someone Keith Cole would sign. <laughs> <laughs> So corners, yeah. So Charlie Goods with one, Turn Dog with one, and Redane Oliver with a cheeky back heel from a corner as well. Direct from a goal, from a corner, and you've left out Scott Wharton. Yeah, Scott Wharton's going to obviously header it down for Redane to little cheeky back heel into the net. Got you. Don't forget yeah. though, Redane Oliver wins headers. I'm going to go with a two-one win. Scott Wharton and Vidane Oliver with the goals for me. Um, and that obviously leads us on to our final prediction, which is from Neil. 5-1 uh, Cobblers. Good. Do you want goal scorers? Yes, please. I think Nicky Adams is going to get one. Oh, first of the season. Yeah, Nicky Adams is going to crop up with a with a cheeky goal. Who else is going to score? Charlie Goode with one? No, not Charlie Goode. No, come, no. Idiotic. Uh, the turn <laughs> dog. <laughs> so, oh, sorry, Danny. <laughs> 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 the, the turn dog with one uh, and I think two for Andy Williams he's going to hit the goal trail again and one for Verdane very nice I, I look forward to this amazing game that we're about to witness on Saturday but for now that's it for this week's It's All Cobblers to me I hope it didn't drag on too long don't forget to check out our website throughout the week for more Cobblers related content cobblerstome.com Thanks again for listening. We really do mean that with all of our beings. Uh, We'll be back again next week. Goodbye. Bye, Ash. Cheer up, skinny jeans. Slag heap. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. 
Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.